0: Welcome to the Concerto
1: Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. And um, This is next in the series of Inside Concerto. My name is Justin King, and today I am joined by fellow partner David Matheson. David leads the property and asset change and delivery programs of all sizes and complexities. He has particular expertise in developing, implementing, and assuring projects and programs so that they deliver the required business benefits, establishing effective governance, reporting the risk management processes, and in developing and managing project and program teams to deliver successfully. David also has expertise in setting, designing, and implementing business strategies and target operating models that enable businesses to achieve performance improvement and cost reductions, and to build high-quality delivery teams. He has also led a range of major tenders to public sector organisations in the FM, outsourcing, consultancy and building related sectors. Prior to joining Concerto, David had extensive senior management experience in both private and public sector organisations, leading the delivery and oversight of project and programme management, outsourcing, consultancy and FM services, driving business and organisational change and leading and overseeing a wide range of construction, property, and workplace-related projects and programs. David is also a keen beekeeper and a follower of motor racing, especially Formula One. Keeping track of his children also occupies much of his free time. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Justin. It's lovely to be here. So lots of organizations provide support to PMOs and the teams, but what is it that differentiates Concerto in that PM space?
0: I think that's uh, a very interesting question, Justin. Um, I think, uh, firstly, most organisations uh, in the field clearly come with a very process-driven approach. It's not surprising that's what project management is all about. Um, and they have the tools, they have the systems, uh, they have the governance, uh, they have the control, um, and so on. And and their focus as an organisation is all about, you know, how they apply those in the best possible way, how they manage cost, how they manage risk. Uh, how they ensure that people are doing the activities they need to get there. Um, uh, and that's all really important stuff. Um, they talk about benefits. They talk about delivering business objectives. But all too often, as you really get into the meat of delivering the project, actually why it was being done in the first place gets forgotten about a little bit. Um, and uh, people get taken over in you know actually focusing on the knitting of uh, getting the project done. And of course these processes, these project management processes and tools are really, really important. You know, the biggest cause of failure for or one of the largest causes of failure for projects is exactly that, that people have not put in place those proper controls. Um, but, uh, you know, I think to say that is what makes good project management is a bit like, I don't know, saying a great meal is about the quality of the ingredients and the and the recipe. It's It's about a lot more than that. It's about how well they're put together. It's about, you know, is the chef putting his heart and soul into, into the dish and really making it something special? Um, a great meal's about the impact it has on the diner, the way it makes them feel, the ambience that they're, they're in and the emotional uh, environment they're in and the way they remember it afterwards. Um, and I think, if you like, what we try and do in Concerto is bring something of that to how we deliver projects and programmes. It's vital not just to do the project well. That's You expect professional project managers to deliver a project well. Um, It's far more critical that our clients or, you know, the thing that makes us stand out, I suppose, is, I like to think, is that our clients look back on what we've done um, and think just how good it was, how good an experience it was going through this, how it set them up for the long term, how the project has really delivered the business benefits, not only that they, you know, established up front but that as though as the organisation evolved that the project was able to evolve and uh, and and take on board um those 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 issues and sometimes it's the broader things you know it's not just the business benefits it's about you know have we looked at developing the skills of clients people as part of that process um, it could even just be as simple as it, you know, a really enjoyable experience working with us. And we try really hard to bring all of those things to, uh, uh, to bear. So, you know, I guess in summary, it's the effort that Concerto put into understanding what great, what success looks like in that particular project or program in, with that particular client and how that looks and how that feels. And, and then us building a team that fits well with their internal teams and works with them to deliver those, those benefits.
1: And I suppose leading on from that, in terms of the teams and putting the teams together, of course, the main thing here is about leadership. So we know that good leadership drives everything, you know, and, and that's extremely well documented. And and in, in most cases, of course, that's quite obvious. But tell me a bit more about the way that you think that leadership drives the culture and hence, therefore, the performance of those delivery teams.
0: Yes. Well, I think, again, a very interesting question. Um, high performing uh, project and program leadership is about um, how you motivate teams of people of course because any project or program is delivered by a team um, how you bring together a group of individuals to create a high performing team in a way that strengths and weaknesses balance re- with each, balance each other and that the team as a whole is far stronger than the sum of the parts that make it up um, and within that enable them to be um, uh, empowered, and the individuals to be empowered um, in a risk-based framework, I suppose, that over, overarches this thing. So I think there are three key themes that we need to discuss if we're talking about good leadership in a project or program environment. There's the motivation theme, the empowerment theme, and the team theme. Um, so picking up on motivation, first of all, Motivation is fundamentally, of course, quite straightforward. I mean, Hertzberg covered it, um, uh, I think, very well. To 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 have motivated individuals, you need people who have the responsibility, have been given the responsibility, that they've taken the responsibility to deliver. Um, and they need to get a sense of um, achievement, if you like, from succeeding. So your job as a leader is to identify and share the challenges that you want people to try and uh, take on, uh, challenges that ideally stretch your team members. Nobody gets particularly motivated by delivering something that is um, uh, that is um, uh, the same as what they delivered last time in the time before and the time before that. So things that stretch people but are still within their capabilities, even if they don't necessarily re- realize that themselves. Um, and then as a leader, you need to support them, you need to encourage them, you need to nudge them. As they proceed, keep them on track, keep them moving forward, um, and when they achieve, or, or on the steps towards achievement, achievement it's about the praise and the encouragement and the support and so on that you're that you're giving them. Them there, it's that positive mental attitude. I think um, uh, is what a great team uh, shows in abundance. The can-do attitude. The we're trying to really achieve something here, um, and um, if the and the leader's job is to create that. It's very, it's, it's a hard thing to do. You know, it's easy to think that leader's job is to drive. Actually, it is about that, creating that environment where people want to succeed. Okay, the second I think then is empowerment. Um, and empowerment, of course, is driven by the respo- giving people responsibility and giving them a sense of achievement as a result of what they're doing. And I think it's interesting because. Um, I remember reading a fascinating article a few years ago that was pointing out that leaders and managers can't actually empower people themselves. Uh, People empower themselves rather than us empowering them. And that may sound um, like a uh, semantic argument, but actually I think it's really important because empowerment is a state of mind. It's not something that you do for people. It's something they have to get into. What leaders can do is pick the right people, people who are able to recognize and take hold of responsibility and feel empowered Um, and they can give them the time, the space, the independence, the authority um, in order for individuals then to take control, uh, to feel empowered, to uh, make the decisions and take the actions that are necessary to drive their projects really forward really effectively. And of course, if you're empowering a team of individuals to work together, interact with each other and drive, uh, then you've got so much more, if you like grist to the mill. You've got so much more effort being applied, um, rather than you standing behind them with a whip trying to drive them down the road. Um, so you need to create that environment, give people the time and space in order to work out how they're going to deliver those objectives. Um, but within that, that you know, I come back to that nudging I talked about under motivation, um, nudging them down the road. Pointing them in the right direction, keeping encouragement, keeping them going forward, um, but helping them solve problems themselves. Um, I think leaders need to ensure that they—it's that balance between engaging enough to ensure things go, don't go awry, but not engaging so far that you start taking control and mandating approaches. And that can be quite hard for a lot of people. You know, the the, the uh, you know you do it my way because that's the best way. Uh, might seem like the the right way of doing things, but it's not the most effective way. Um, by instead encouraging, supporting, and and helping people learn, you get a better all-round solution, and you get people who really enjoy doing what they're doing, um, and that gives you a much better set of project outcomes as a as a result. But if I move on to the third area, the team, um, of course, you know a team won't succeed if it's a group of individuals not working in 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 tandem. And so, and, and we've already talked about the importance of empowerment and people being able to do their own thing. They've got to do that in a team environment where they're working alongside and in support of each other um, and not um, as a group of disparate individuals pulling in different directions. Um, so the key, third key trait that I think key le- great leaders have um, is the ability to recognize the strengths and the weaknesses of, individ- of each individual. and Everybody, of course, has both. Recognize how they gel with each other's with each other in order to um, create a really high-functioning team uh, to make sure that you're harnessing the strengths of one person against the weaknesses of another. And, of course, as a project proceeds, those skills need to evolve and change. So you need to recognize how you're going to tweak the team, bring in new people, uh, move people around within the uh, within the team structure uh, to respond to both the stage of the project and the circumstances that the project is in. So. We've got those three themes. I think great leaders have to bring all of those together. They've got to get the right people together at the right time. They've got to understand what makes people tick. Um, they've got to establish a, a reward and recognition structure, if you like, that responds to um, uh, the motivational drivers for people um, and set out a framework and a set of objectives. For what has to be done, by when, um, and indeed explain why it's needed when it is. Because if people realize why something is needed at a certain point or why it's needed at all, then it helps them understand that wider context. And then you can step back and empower the teams uh, or rather allow the teams to empower themselves to get on and get things done. I think the last area I'd touch on here, and I know I said there were three, but the fourth, I think, is risk. Uh, risk underpins all of this. And uh, great leaders, of course, need to keep a clear eye on risk. What are the things that are going to hit this from outside that are going to come in um, when you least expect it? and Create problems in terms of projects uh, succeeding and achieving their objectives. Um, So, how do you identify them? How do you manage them? How do you watch them? And in that way, if you as a leader are watching the way the team's functioning and the risks that are coming in from outside, um, you can uh, take the right interventions early as risks start to grow without taking away accountability or ownership from the team. I think that is probably in summary it's the great leadership about creating an environment a framework um, in which teams are motivated and and they are empowered they they believe in themselves that they're empowered to deliver
1: okay so in summary then so project and program success really comes down to as you've just said it's how to how you motivate those teams bring them together which is critical from the start and then keep them together empowering those teams throughout the program keeping them going, et cetera, throughout the whole life cycle of it. And then obviously getting that structure right at the very beginning, the team structure, because of as we said, they won't survive as individuals, but they'll only operate and be successful as a team. And then underpinning all of that, I think, which was the last point you mentioned, which is the fourth point, really, which is keeping an eye on the risk and making sure that you you work within within that risk appetite. Um, David, look, many, many, many thanks indeed for your time today. I really appreciate it. I know you're very busy uh, and I really look forward to um, some future podcasts where maybe we can just develop some of those leadership functions, maybe a bit more.
0: Lovely. Thank you very much, Justin. Great to talk to you.
1: Many thanks for listening to the Concerto podcast. Please keep an eye out for further podcasts. And if you want to get in touch with us, please do so through our website at concerto.uk.com. Many thanks.